Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. I hope you can hear me well. I'm sitting on a deck here outside of our hotel room in beautiful Waikiki in Honolulu. This is a wonderful little respite on our way to do some mission work in American Samoa. We are excited to get to be with the church in Nuuli in that on that great island part of the United States. We are now getting to be with the church in Honolulu on Sunday. Glenn will be preaching there and we're excited to see friends that we've known in years past in the Honolulu Church. I'm thinking this morning about the providence of God. I was reminded of His great providence this morning as we woke up and there was, as you've probably heard on the news, a pretty impressive missile threat that was coming across for the state of Hawaii that ballistic missiles had been sent our way. We were very thankful to learn that that was a false alarm and that we are indeed for the moment safe in Honolulu and very excited about getting to go forward from here and be with the brethren in American Samoa. The most providence-filled account in the Old Testament, in my judgment, is the story of Joseph, and I've been reading Genesis chapters 37 through 50. I want to talk about the first portion of those chapters this morning. Looking back on the chronicle of Joseph, we know that the end goal was to separate out the people of God in the land of Egypt. They're going to end up growing in the land of Goshen into a power that is... God um, motivated that is God uh, that is entirely for the providence of God in providing Jesus Christ the nation of Israel is going to grow the tribe of Judah is going to grow and from that of course the house of David will produce for all of mankind in all ages a savior will be born in the city of David, Bethlehem, and he will reign from heaven over his kingdom, of which we are so blessed to be a part. God's providence is certainly working in the life of Joseph, and we today, as members of his kingdom, are benefiting because of what God was doing way back, beginning in Genesis chapter 37. So I want to review verses, chapters 37 through about 41, I believe it is, and just quickly give for you my listing of occasions of providence in the life of Joseph for the very first part of his life. In 37.3, he was given a coat that became a catalyst for the jealousy of his brothers, which jealousy was going to end up putting him down eventually in the land of Egypt. In 37.5, he dreamed a dream that was also a catalyst for the jealousy of his brothers. In 37.12, he went to check on his brothers in Shechem. And in 37.14, Jacob 
Well, in 37.12, actually, his brothers went to Shechem, and in 37.14, Jacob sent Joseph to Shechem to see about his brothers. So we're putting him in a position where he is going to be first in danger and then enslaved, and that enslavement is going to result in the growth of, in the ability of Joseph to lead the land of Egypt eventually. So 37.15, a man found him and sent him in the right direction to find his brothers. And I characterize 37.15 as a type of escape for Joseph. This man helped him escape to the place where he needed to be. 37.18, there was a conspiracy to slay Joseph. 37.22, Reuben suggested not killing Joseph. In a great stroke of providence there, Joseph's life, I put an asterisk beside that one because Joseph's life was spared for a great work that he was going to do. In 37.25, the Ishmaelites came along once again, an escape route for Joseph to put him in a position in a foreign country where God wanted him to be. 37.28, Joseph was brought into Egypt. In 37, 32, and 33, the brothers lied. Jacob uh, believed this lie, giving time for God's mission through Joseph. Now, if Jacob had not believed, if they had not lied and Jacob had not believed that lie, then all of this, these years that Joseph was preparing for their move to the land of Goshen would not have happened because Jacob would have been after Joseph immediately. But, but God knew that Joseph needed this time to fulfill a mission toward moving the Israelites down into the land of Egypt where they would finally be enslaved for all of those years. So I put asterisks beside 37.22, 37.25 when the Ishmaelites came along, 37.28 when Joseph was brought into Egypt, and 37, 32, and 33 where Jacob believed the lie giving time for the mission of Joseph down in the land of Egypt. In 37, 36, I believe Joseph was providentially sold to Potiphar. In chapter 38, the chapter in total is the building of the tribe of Judah and the lineage of the Messiah. And of course, this is the break where Judah uh, went into Tamar and this incident became an important incident in the lineage of the Messiah. So I believe that chapter in total is providential, even though sin is involved. Is sin often involved in providence? Well, the answer would be yes. In 39.2, God is prospering Joseph. In 39.3, Potiphar observed Joseph's prosperity, and I believe that was providential. In 39.4, Joseph was made Potiphar's overseer of his house. In 39.5, God blessed Potiphar's house because of Joseph. In 39.6, we find that Joseph was well respected. In 39.7, Potiphar's wife attempted to seduce Joseph. That ended up being a great stroke of providence that is going to finally put Joseph in the house of the Pharaoh as a result of his imprisonment and the interpretation of dreams while in prison. So here's another case where sin was involved in the providence of God. In 39.12, Joseph left his garment in her hand. She was going to use that garment to make a false claim about Joseph that was going to move Joseph to a different position, locale, a prison where 
God's providence was going to continue to work through Joseph. In 39, 14 through 19, Potiphar's wife is falsely accusing Joseph. In 39, 20, I put an asterisk beside this verse because Joseph was put into prison. He was escaping here from the house of Potiphar to a different mission that God intended for him. In 39.21, God gave Joseph favor with the prison keeper. In 39.22, Joseph became um, a ruler over all the prisoners. In 39.23, God made all Joseph did to prosper. Wow, that's a, quite a providential statement. In 40, verses 3 and 4, the butler and the baker were placed under Joseph. That's going to play out to be very important because there's going to come a day when memory's going to come back to one of these men and he is going to be able to escalate Joseph into an important position in the kingdom of Pharaoh. In verse 5 of chapter 40, the butler and the baker dreamed. I believe God was giving them these dreams. In 40, verses 6 and 7, Joseph saw them while they were sad. What if he had never seen them while they were sad? Never asked those questions, never figured out that he needed to interpret those dreams that were, were going to launch him into the house of Pharaoh. Well, God made sure that he saw them while they were sad. In 40, verses 8 and following, God gave Joseph the interpretations of their dreams. He provided those for Joseph. In 40, verse 20, it was Pharaoh's birthday. I don't think that was a coincidence. And in 40, verses 21 and 22, the interpretations of the butler and the baker were realized. In 41.1, Pharaoh himself dreamed a dream. In 41 verse 8, Pharaoh's spirit was troubled. You know, sometimes we wake up and we've forgotten our dreams, but Pharaoh didn't forget his dream. Pharaoh woke up the next morning and his spirit was troubled because of the dream that he had dreamed. In 41 verse 9, the butler remembered that Joseph had interpreted his dreams. And in 41 verse 14, Pharaoh indeed called Joseph. To come to him and to attempt to interpret his dreams. Now, 41:15 is the place where I'd like for us to park. Listen to these words. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've dreamed a dream, and there is none that, that can interpret it. And I've heard say of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. All right, I love verse 16. It is God's servant recognizing God's providence. Listen, and Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Do you know what? That is God's promise, not miraculously as it was for Joseph, but that's God's promise to all of his children. It's not in us. As long as we're doing his will, God is going to give us an answer of peace in our lives. He is going to allow Philippians 4 the peace which passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds if we're following him I, I think that verse 16 of chapter 41 is climactic and not only that but it's prophetic of the way that God makes sure that we as his people Romans 8 28 have the answers that we need in our lives even when we are in trouble even when we are in the proverbial prison, as Joseph was, God is going to give us, as his people, the answer of peace in our lives. I love that little nugget of, prov of providence from Genesis chapter 41, verse 16. Hope you're digging deep. 
I will look forward to our next time as we dig a little bit more, probably finishing up these, these chapters through chapter 50 in the book of Genesis that deal with Joseph and providence in his life. God will give you an answer of peace. Have a good day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.